Hello and welcome to the Americano podcast, a series of discussions about American politics and the Trump presidency for the New Spectator USA website. I'm joined today by the BBC's Paul Wood, who has been following the Mueller inquiry closer than anyone. And we're going to be talking about Roger Stone, who has just been arrested this morning in connection with the inquiry into Trump-Russia collusion. So, Paul, can you tell us a little bit about the counts in which he's been indicted and what it says about the Mueller inquiry and what it says about the possibility of Trump-Russia collusion? Well, Stone himself expected this along with everybody else. And these are charges which are about procedure, giving false statements, encouraging somebody to lie to Congress, uh, allegedly witness tampering, uh, telling um, Randy Credico, uh, his rather unlikely ally during the campaign, uh, that he was a stoolie and he was going to be ripped apart by Stone's lawyers. Uh, yes. None of this, as your question implies, goes to collusion. Um, the prosecutor's statement in the indictment paints a picture of Stone coordinating with WikiLeaks, anticipating what they will do, prompting them to release dirt on Hillary. Uh, and he would say and has said uh, to me and other reporters, so what? That's politics. It's opposition research, getting dirt on your opponent uh, is what we do in campaigns. Um, but the allegation, of course, is that this was coordinated with the Russians. You get a sense of that alleged coordination, but with WikiLeaks in the indictment, you don't get any of it, uh, any of the allegation about coordination with the Russians. And I think Mueller is not showing his hand. He is building up a case piece by piece, and there is a lot more to come, and possibly even more indictments for Roger Stone if there was indeed Russia collusion. Stone has struck to, to Spectator USA, no less. He, he tried to suggest that he was almost setting a trap for the for the deep state to walk into and, and that his arrest would be the way in which he would sort of expose how the, uh, you know, international agencies of intelligence had had colluded together to try and bring down Donald Trump. Um, how much of that is uh, kind of Roger Stone, who um, people who don't know is a, is a sort of very unusual character? How much of that is his bravado? And how much do you think he really believes that he can do that, do that? Well, you talk about bravado. There may be a persona called Roger Stone that he's carefully cultivated for 40 years, starting as a 19 year old in the Nixon White House, sent apparently to infiltrate the McGovern campaign. This is yeah. the persona that says the rule in politics is ad, uh, admit nothing, deny everything, launch counterattack, um, wait in the long grass with your stiletto to carry out revenge and make sure you're wearing a very smartly pressed suit and tie while you're doing it. The persona has got the real Roger Stone indicted and how much the real Stone and the persona are the same, we don't know. Um, it's more than bravado, though. I think it's the case that Trump makes, that people like Jerome Corsi, uh, another person in Mueller's sights, makes, that Stone makes, that listeners to um, the Alex Jones show will hear, that there is a thing called the deep state, that it's full of Obama sympathizers and Hillary sympathizers, and they made up a fake news story called the Russia scandal in order to overturn the results of the presidential election. Uh, that's their case. Now, whether when you're in front of a very hard-nosed prosecutor and a very sceptical jury, that will fly. I think Roger Stone is about to find out. And, I mean, let's talk a bit about who, what might happen next. I mean, sort of they go, a lot of people have been now arrested in connection with this inquiry. Um, Stone is 
perhaps not the biggest in that everybody was expecting it, but he might lead on to other people. And there's already whispers that it's going to lead on to Steve Bannon or that it's going to lead on to Nigel Farage and all these other figures who were sort of involved in the Trump campaign or connected to it and the sort of darker world of WikiLeaks and so on. Well, somebody who's given evidence before the House and Senate Intelligence Committees, although he's not a Mueller witness, but clearly he's deeply involved in the process, said that he personally was a believer in the Russia collusion story and that what Mueller was trying to do was get people on a lot of these technical charges, these perjury charges, trying to crack a conspiracy by getting people trapped in small lies in order to reveal the bigger lie. Now, that's what you would say if you believed in the Russia-Trump collusion story. Uh, mm -hmm. If you're Roger Stone, you'd say um, that it never really existed and that a lot of fragmentary information is being painted into a conspiracy theory. And this is rather ironic when you think that people like Stone, Corsi, Alex Jones for years have peddled conspiracy theories. It's their stock in trade. Now, apparently, they are the victims of one, according to their own reading of the situation anyway. Could, could you just go through the, 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 the allegations against Stone and what, what, paint a picture of what Mueller might think that he did wrong? already getting a fragment of it in this indictment. Um, it is, uh, as his lawyer said, essentially a perjury allegation that he went before the House Intelligence Committee and was asked, do you have anything relating to efforts uh, by people connected to the Trump campaign to get WikiLeaks to publish the hacked Democratic Party emails? And he said, no, I have nothing like that. And in fact, Mueller has got all this material, alleged text between Stone and Randy Credico, Stone and Jerome Corsi, with Stone apparently urging WikiLeaks to come forward and do this. Now, it's almost part of Stone's defence that if there had been a back channel to the Kremlin, if there had been a conspiracy, you wouldn't really need him communicating through all these friends and associates to somehow try to get a meeting with WikiLeaks, try to find out what WikiLeaks was doing. It's mm. also his defence that he's just a very good political operator, read very carefully the public statements by Julian Assange of WikiLeaks and put it all together that WikiLeaks was about to drop an October surprise. That story simply isn't bought by the Mueller team and you can see it in what we know about another Mueller witness, Jerome Corsi, who emailed Stone to say friend in embassy is about to drop some material in early October. Um, all of this, the Mueller team says, or you can in, in, infer that they say through all these court filings they've been putting in, all of this is just incredible, according to the Mueller team. There had to be an existing understanding of some kind. Once again, we come back to Stone's. Stone's defence, which is, so what? That's politics, dirt on Hillary, a good thing for the Trump campaign. But it, that, that goes back to that point about these. a lot of these people are in a world that's very obsessed with conspiracy. And they're quite good at getting a whiff. They, they, would, you know, they would say they're quite good at getting a whiff of conspiracy. And WikiLeaks have given out signals already. And that they, it's not that big a leap in their, you might say, paranoid imaginations to think that this was about to happen. That's exactly Jerome Corsi's argument. He says that he's been steeped in this since he was a teenager and he's just very good at deducting things. I think it's important that we're probably only seeing a fraction of what Mueller is going to eventually reveal to the public. A senior official in the Obama administration who'd been briefed on all the intelligence told me after the election that they thought the Russians were directed in the first place where to hack and whom to hack. And then 
after the hacking was done and this material, this dirt on Hillary was obtained by the Russians, it was coordinated between Russian intelligence and the Trump campaign exactly how to release it when it would be most useful. And these WikiLeaks emails on Hillary came out about the time Donald Trump was in serious trouble over the grab them by the pussy tape uh, while he was on the bus with Billy Bush. So yeah. um, that's the allegation that there was not just coordination with WikiLeaks, but with Russian intelligence, that it didn't just happen after the Russians had hacked the material, but before that essentially there was a criminal conspiracy to break the United States laws on hacking and election interference, and that the Trump campaign did this from the start. I suspect that is what Mueller is trying to prove. And if he doesn't, if all this amounts to a few procedural charges about perjury and lying to Congress, I think that a lot of people, including those who support the idea of a Russia conspiracy, will feel rather cheated. And even if Mueller can show that Stone had solicited the information, was involved in getting this information with Russia, it's then another step to connect it to uh, who the Mueller inquiry are calling individual one, uh, which is President Donald Trump. Well, that's the key question, isn't it? What did the president know and when did he know it? And it really depends on whether Trump was an independent operator who'd been sacked by the campaign and had fallen out with Trump, or whether that was just a cover. Um, He certainly seemed to be able to phone the campaign quite a lot. There are transcripts of conference calls. But then again, he didn't seem to have Steve Bannon's ear and is complaining about that in emails. Can somebody please get Bannon to call me about this great stuff that WikiLeaks is about to drop on Hillary? It really depends, too, on another unknown, a known unknown, which is what intercepts does Mueller have with Trump, with people who say they've just spoken to Trump? I know from somebody uh, who worked for Donald Trump for many years that this is a man who doesn't like to email, doesn't like to write things down, rarely likes to phone. If he has meetings, he likes to have them one on one so that two or more people can't give evidence against him. This is according to this person who worked for him. Um, yes. So and in fact, really, it's, what it's, evidence does Mueller have? Trump's non-emailing, his, his rule about never emailing, was probably what undid the BuzzFeed scoop, wasn't it? Well, I think Mueller ended up denying it. I think, I think Mueller's team put out a rare public statement denying that BuzzFeed scoop was correct, or saying that aspects of it weren't correct. And then we're left to wonder, well, which aspects and uh, who were their original sources? So it, it, it was a story on anonymous sources now um, denied in a, in a way that doesn't tell you specifically what was wrong with the story. It's quite difficult to give a give an opinion on it either way. And um, if Stone does get this sort of show trial in which he can expose the deep state, when would that be? I mean, we keep hearing that Mueller's going to wrap up soon, but I mean, it seems to just keep going. I don't know what the timetable is, but it appears that it's like a pyramid and he's building a foundation. The foundation of that was indictments of the Russians to establish the principle that Russia had interfered. And here are the details of how they did it. Now he's going to um, people who supposedly um, benefited from that Russian interference, Roger Stone, Paul Manafort. Um, Ultimately, if the New York Times is right, the target is Donald Trump. And I think one of the most significant stories of the whole Trump-Russia saga was published by the Times on the 11th of January, which said that after James Comey was fired, Mueller wasn't just investigating an alleged obstruction of justice by Donald Trump. It was a full counterintelligence investigation to see if President Trump was working for the Russians. I think that ultimately is the story here. Was there a conspiracy in which the American president was essentially a Russian agent? 
And Muller has to give, I think, some kind of answer to that if people on both sides of this question are going to get any satisfaction at all. And Stone himself has, has called other people rats and liars, but there's no absolute guarantee he won't turn out to be a rat himself if it's in his advantage. Is that right? There's no, abs- there's no absolute guarantee, but he has said to me uh, and said to other reporters that he's not going to get an immunity deal. He doesn't want an immunity deal because that would mean making things up to get that immunity deal. He said he's not going to lie his words for Robert Mueller. So if he's as good as his word and whatever you may think of Stone, people call him an inveterate liar. He has been loyal to Donald Trump over many, many decades. He says he's not going to flip. He's going to fight Mueller in court and outside. Yes, he understands the emerter of the Trump world. He understands the emerge from the Trump world. He's also a fan of the Godfather if you read the indictment. Uh, he told, <laughs> allegedly told Randy Credico not to do a, a Frank Pantangeli. Frank Pantangeli was the mobster who got a sudden attack of amnesia when he came to give evidence to a Senate committee. So, uh, you know, m- maybe we'll find dead fishes on doorsteps all over Washington. Who knows? Fascinating stuff as always, Paul. Uh, thanks for talking to us. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for listening. Just a reminder that you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. And you can also subscribe to the magazine through our special podcast offer, which is on www.spectators.co.uk forward slash pod offer. And we'll even throw in a Spectator Moleskin notebook for people who take up that offer. (laughs) 